Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One is Mark and John's the other. They're just friends. They are not lovers. It's... Two old queens, it's two old queens, they're just sassy, not that mean. Two old queens, it's two old queens. Now shut up. Hello. Welcome to Two Old Queens. I'm John Flynn. And I'm Mark Rennie. And wow, what a guest we have what today. What a guest we have today. So excited. Some would say a legend. Podcast royalty, maybe? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> He's the host of Doughboys. And how did this get played? It's Nick Weiger. Yay! Hi. Hi, Nick. How's it going? Oh, great. <laughs> I love a morning record. I don't know if Do this you? is... Yeah, we're, we're do- so rarely is a podcast recorded in the AM, and I am more of a morning person, even though I was late today, uh, than I... <laughs> The morning's person. fault. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, it's it, it, like, like, it's just, I feel like I'm gonna have a different energy than I normally do because I'm normally so tired when I'm doing a record because it's uh-huh. at night and I've like worked a full day and then I gotta sure. fucking talk about some bullshit for 90 <laughs> minutes. Um, not that that's, that's what we're gonna do here. I'm actually, I'm very well, excited is about it. This very important this is very scholarly important. academic <laughs> yeah, yeah. work. Uh, climate change grief, heard about mm. it. It's a real issue. Yeah. Scientists getting really depressed. Uh, yeah, I think I like the morning too. I get too tired at night. Like I have no stamp, my stamina is less. As the more the day goes on, yeah. I feel like I'm a I'm a morning person, but then like I'm tired. But then usually like an hour before I go to bed, I have this burst of energy where I I'm super productive like an hour before I go to bed. But oh like, wow, three or four hours before that, I'm doing nothing of any value. Do you have trouble sleeping? Subsequently? Nope. No, I'm someone. <laughs> uh, it drives my husband crazy because like within I'm it, if it takes me more than five minutes to fall asleep, that's rare. Wow, that's amazing. I've fallen asleep in the middle of a conversation with him, and not because the conversation Rude. was not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I'm like pretty low maintenance for most areas of my life but uh-huh. when it comes to sleep i need it dark i need it cool <laughs> i need an open window with a breeze mm, okay yeah. you need circulating air okay I need circulating air i'll fall asleep to an episode of lore those are great to fall asleep to huh those are my sleep habits okay. wait what's lore <laughs> it's a fun podcast about like um folklore like it's like oh, urban cool. life but okay. then it'll give you like the actual history behind it right like someone found like a statue of an angel buried in the dirt and then like what is that about and then hmm. it turned out a guy just planted it as hoax just <laughs> <laughs> try to make it like seem uh, there's a whole podcast about that one thing <laughs> yeah 120 wow, episodes check this out. okay they got an amazon prime series that's not very good oh you know it's hard to make that jump from podcast to TV. yeah it's uh but uh, I that this the podcast sounds right up my alley. I'll check it out. I think you'd like it. <laughs> um, so we're talking about a big today. We're talking about a big movie, very big movie, our yes. biggest movie, a and blockbuster, also, a blockbuster. A block- yeah, and yeah. also the first of our movies. Well, no, actually, it's our second now. If I look mm-hmm. at it, that's a really big franchise. Mm-hmm. Do you love? Let's just. I want to talk about franchises. Yes. Okay. My let's talk about franchises. Segue. All right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> 
what like what is your idea like if, in terms of like action adventure summer temple what is do you have an ideal franchise like oh that's like if people love a fast and the furious right mm-hmm. i mean that's part of why i wanted to talk about this specific movie is that i think this is one of the last of the franchises that hasn't been spun off to death you know what i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. i feel like the the mission impossible friend it's okay for me to say the movie yes yeah a secret uh the mission impossible franchise it's like they have like big like tentpole installments every few years you know there's yes. sometimes a long a lengthy break between installments and they're they they have the star and they're they're like you know it, it it doesn't feel like any of them are just like filler to like fill out the schedule and, right and i think like gotcha. you know but I, i'm not i wouldn't call myself a marvel skeptic but i'm just not someone who, who sees all the marvels but it does feel like yeah they, they maintain a level of quality but to me also i'm like doctor strange like ant-man 2 like to me these are all the same they're all like kind of like the same thing to me like i don't sure. know what the difference yeah. is as an outside observer <laughs> sure and mm-hmm. so but like each Mission Impossible feels like an event, and I feel like the the Star Wars movies used to feel like that, but now because they're they're also going through the spun off to death phase, where right. we're having like you know ones that are entries that are maybe just superfluous. Well, they're slowing down. They yeah. say I yeah. think they've gotten their nose bopped. Would we say a bit? <laughs> Solo, Solo was sure. a misfire. Yeah, Solo, yeah, was, a misfire, yeah. Solo right. was a misfire. I think that Mission Impossible has also benefited by not having that many. Like, I think, like, right. already Fast and Furious has more, and that, that came out, like, so years later. Fast like the and first Furious fan. now, right? But yeah, also, they lapped it. What a, in terms of a franchise from where they started to where they've ended up is crazy. Cause the first Fast Verse is like a gritty kind of, you know, blue collar, yeah. you know, crime movie. Right. And now they are these super CGI. Idris Elba is like Superman now. He's like yeah. a cybernetic warrior in Hobbs and Shaw. I thought you were also, cause I, the way you started that, I thought you were talking <laughs> about Mission, the Mission Impossible franchise. Oh, cause yeah. the first one is, you know, this Brian De Palma oh, sure. film that's kind of like a, it's, it's a little artier than your normal action movie mm. and it, and it's kind of like a little bit of a slower paced espionage there's no real there's no gunfights yeah there's no gunfights there are some spectacular action sequences but it's it's like a different sort of animal and and the series has kind of evolved into this huge just massive blowout uh thing with us with a bunch of action sequences right. strung together now which mission impossible is this this is six six, six. and they're filming the next two, two right more now, back, back to back. back yeah with the same director with and that and that's a whole departure from the way they had a different director each you guys know this i don't know I, your audience I probably know knows a lot this. of this so. oh, okay okay <laughs> i don't want to feel like i'm explaining things to, to, to film aficionados who already know it but um the uh so, like like the, the first five films were different directors and then from the fifth installment on they've stuck with christopher mccrory mm-hmm. uh, whose most famous credit prior to that was writing the usual suspects and he's kind of taken over the franchise and so he'll have just directed f- uh, four installments by the time his run is over which was like is a different it was each it was like kind of like an, a, a bunch of standalone movies sure. starring tom mm-hmm. cruise with a different directorial eye each time and then all of a sudden this new this this new guy goes and takes the franchise in a different direction and honestly elevates it. Like I think his well, movies are like the best ones. Fallout is like peak. Fallout Mission is so Impossible. good. I feel like yeah. it's the so, one so they good. cracked it. Yeah, on that one. Uh, I, for like a horror franchise, it's kind of the same reasons why for horror, Nightmare on Elm Street is my I think is the best franchise oh, because each mm-hmm. one feels different than the other one. Each one has a different director. Each one, good or bad, each one feels like unique from all the other one. Like there's a gothic one. Like there's like the a dumb trash one, <laughs> right, with, right. you know what I mean? But then there's the gay one, and then there's Dream Wars, which is actually, like, the cool, like, yeah, it's like a superhero sci-fi, epic one. So I like that each one feels... Whereas, like, the Friday the 13th franchise, those all kind of blur together for me. Like, there's right. an, an mm-hmm. anonymity to the directing where they don't each individually stick out to me. I gotcha. Did you did you like the Freddy reboot? The one that... that no! Did, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. That's not fair, yeah. Like, they, I get you gotta lean in, or you gotta call out like yes he was a child rapist right. but like you don't have to like revel in it <laughs> <laughs> why are we focusing on the bad parts yeah, of what he's yeah done? right it's not what makes freddy fun <laughs> well freddy is fun. well in the first one he's not that funny mm, but he's right, truly right. Uh, scary but he's still you know he's still got his quips yeah freddy's the only horror person that talks i think 
Besides like a Hannibal Lecter. I guess sure. Chucky. Chucky. Chucky, Chucky's, Chucky, Chucky talks. Chucky's pretty verbose. But yeah, some of them are, are, are mute assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love Fred. And I also like, I just love the, the punsmanship of Freddy. Like that was like a big part He's of the franchise. Smith. I, yeah. love I love it. I love it. You could see him having like a page a day calendar. Right. <laughs> or like a common little... mad magazine. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and then also like, I just like, you know, you would watch, I would watch those movies as a kid and you'd see like, like, oh, this guy loves to eat sandwiches. How's Freddy going to figure out how to use a sandwich to kill him in his dream? His greatest strength becomes his yeah, greatest weakness. Yeah, yeah. he starts eating, he's eating a tongue sandwich and it's his own tongue. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so I have not seen the first couple of these movies. I've, I think I've only seen the last two Mission yes. Impossibles. So how much is it like watching it this time? I was like, these sort of are like James Bond movies in a way. Yeah. And like they could continue without Tom Cruise. And didn't they try to sort of have Jeremy Renner take over for a while? And then and that Ghost got- Protocol, they introduced Jeremy Renner. It's like maybe Jeremy Renner in case uh, Tom gets bored. Happens, but then yeah. I think Tom is just Tom's double like, nope. down. Renner's just on deck, I feel like, to take over a franchise. <laughs> For Jason right? Bourne. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> yeah, he could be the new, uh, <laughs> hey, was it maybe it'd be the new Mission Impossible guy. Uh, yeah. uh, no. Now he's going to have an adult contemporary career or whatever Which is he's so That is not going to be good. No. I don't think Jeremy <laughs> Renner is going to have good music. <laughs> Has anybody uh, heard any of this album? No, uh, I haven't. Nope. Was it called like Whispers in the Sunset or something? Sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah they they sort of tease that but i think it was always going to be a tom cruise thing because like Uh well ghost protocol they introduced like a whole team and it's kind of almost like they're kind of like oh Mm. like oh look at the we're we're they got paula Patton, and paula Patton's only in that installment but they kind of tear up like she's going to be a big part of the franchise moving forward Mm. and then i think they recentered it and we're just sort of like these have to be tom cruise movies well and ving rames and ving rames someone needs to wear fedora in these movies (laughs) ving rules and i i I love that like if you watch his trajectory over the course because he's in the first one um and 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 he's in every installment and he just get gradually gets less and less mobile and i wonder if that's a thing he's just like sure. negotiated into his contract in the 70s. Yeah. yeah i want i want to take eight steps total in the course of this movie <laughs> just like he's always seated in the van or mm-hmm. we're losing his steps yeah exactly. <laughs> uh the jeremy renner album is called heaven don't have a name jesus wow. christ is that a working title or is that are we locked it's into not that? working but no. it's a title <laughs> John, do you have a favorite, like, France? Like, if you're like, oh, there's a new one of these movies, like, I also will see any. I need them to come out with a new Final Destination. I think those are great. Mm. Oh, An uh, Alien franchise, huh. minus the Alien versus Predator. Alien is a fantastic franchise. Even Alien's- Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I love They're those right. two. Yeah. I don't know if there's a movie franchise. I mean, like, I'll... I mean, like, I'll see any Star Wars garbage they set out, right. but I'm not, like, excited about any of them anymore. It feels more just like, this is the homework I have to do. Um, yeah. I don't know. You, you know what I mean? It just feels like, all right, I'm going to see it. But, like, yeah, I can't imagine a day where I'm not going to go see a Star Wars movie. I do like the Marvel movies. I do see them, even though, like, yeah, they all become, like, another Marvel movie in my head. To me, they're, right. they're, they're, the Marvel movies are, like, my favorite TV series. Yeah. Like, cause there's like oh, so many, you know what I mean? Like, they're just like, this is just my favorite season of a TV show. And then Endgame was like the finale. And like, yeah, they really stuck that landing. I saw Endgame and I had not seen any of the other Avengers. Oh, really? yeah. I was that? confused. Yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> there was a lot of context that was absent. A lot of callbacks where I was like, I don't know what this is referencing. That would be like jumping in and just like watching the finale to Lost without yeah. everything and going like, this show's not very good. I had to see it because I was I was working a job where we were going to like, like they were going to write a parody of it. So I was like, well, I have to have some context for what this thing is. Sure. So I went and saw it and, and I sort of like pieced it together, but I had to, I had to reference Wikipedia a bunch afterwards. Yeah. The, the, the Marvels though, I, I do admire the craftsmanship and I do admire like how they're like, it's kind of amazing that they weaved all these different interlocking pieces and, and they, they, they all kind of work together. <laughs> it's like a yeah. triumph of scheduling. It really yeah, is. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's very impressive. Just as, just as a production feat. Um, but yeah, I, I like Star Wars. I agree with you. I was a big, I was, I would watch all the Star Trek movies basically until the JJ reboots. I was like, uh-huh. I love seeing the Star Treks because that's just like, like a fun sure you know right. a fun characters yeah exactly I, you know what? honestly it's kind of a lord of the rings guy and i, I would say something of a hobbit defender really okay. those movies are unnecessary <laughs> but they're kind of sure. fun but you know what most movies are most movies are necessary movies are necessary they may right. need a movie no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like because I, I, I watched the hobbit movies and i watched all of hobbit one and i was just kind of like all right and then i saw hobbit two in theaters and there's a sequence which i've talked about a bunch 
uh, in other places, but there's a sequence where they all, all the dwarves hop in barrels. Sure. They're taking a barrel yes. chase down a river, and it's just like, this should be a ride. This is yeah. the most amazing, uh-huh. dazzling sequence I've seen. I just, I can't believe how, how amazing, and it just, I like that these movies exist because this exists. Yeah. The <laughs> sequence is so great. You want a barrel river rapids ride? Barrel river, yeah. Is there a Lord of the Rings world at any theme park anywhere? That seems like a missed so. opportunity. Exactly. The open it, open it up. Come on, New Zealand. Come on. <laughs> all those sheep (laughs) get them out of there i think you can see like sets in new zealand if you visit like i think you can see locations but it's not the same as as living within a theme park attraction no Hmm. well we'll see how galaxy's edge goes and then if that is if that's successful (laughs) no one's going right now they say wait really no one's going to galaxy's edge as of now it's what Uh mid-july when we record this uh it's pretty the parks are empty i think they've overcompensated too much they tried so hard to keep people away by hiking prices right every pass is on blackout Except mm-hmm. for like the thousand, two thousand dollar one. And so I think mm-hmm. no one is like coming because like, and the big ride doesn't open until January. Yes. Oh. So I think everyone's staying away. So like they're having all these like staffing cuts and like all these hotels were like, they wow. staffed up because everyone thought they were going to be swarmed with people, but people are just like, Oh, well, it's prohibitively expensive right now. And it's they, mm. everyone's saying how crowded it's going to be. So everyone's staying away. Interesting. Oh boy. Uh, I, I can I, can I talk about this is a, this is a tangent, but another franchise Please. that mm-hmm. I enjoy is and and you know obviously there's a video of irony here, but like the the Airbud franchise <laughs> and then how that turned into the Buddies franchise <laughs> sure, is so huh? bananas. If you actually like, look, if you like, thought Fast and Furious going to Hobbs and Shaw was crazy, yeah. right. what do you see? Space Buddies? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're uh, puppies are up on a space station with a cosmonaut. <laughs> are there like hardcore fans who are like, man, they've lost the heart of the original <laughs> Airbud? Like people are really, god damn it! But they got it back with Treasure Buddies. Like, uh, that's, yeah. like that's what. Air buds are about. There's a there's a dog I think named B Dog, and his whole thing is that he does he wear I, sunglasses. He does wear sunglasses. Oh, okay. He's like yeah. a he's like a white rapper basically. He's okay. really oh good representation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's that's it's basically his persona, and it's very obnoxious. But then there's another dog who's just like supposed to be the fat dog, but he just looks like a golden retriever puppy, just, and he farts all the time. He, he lets, I keeps, mean, he keeps eating and farting. That also might be B Dog. He might have both of those personalities. <laughs> seems like yeah, a white rapper and he likes to eat and fart yeah yeah it's wow. a hat on a hat on a hat <laughs> but there's a, a, a my, my my buddy paul we were watching one of the buddies movies at um at his place and there's a scene where their buddies are just in the buddies are, are a bunch of golden retrievers who i i guess are are air buds kids and they're okay. just yeah because that the, the the buddies franchise began because it was a, it was air buddies and that was like kind of after they did air bud air bud golden retrieve receiver air bud a uh, world pup air bud oh my god uh, wow. he, did, he did he did a volleyball one i think it like spikes back or something like that <laughs> sure um they just abandoned the dog puns at one point <laughs> and then uh and so like they, they do like seven air buds and then they 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 spin it off where his puppies are playing basketball and then they spin off the puppies into the the puppies are just going on adventures like the puppies just explore a haunted house there's a santa buddies santa spooky, buddies yeah <laughs> spooky buddies spooky buddies yeah and then treasure buddies yeah so we were watching tre- and space buddies which you mentioned we yes. were watching uh <laughs> we were watching treasure buddies and there's a sequence where they're like in the sahara desert and there's just like a bunch of of golden retriever puppies in a hot air balloon flying over the desert and they're all like they all have voice o- there's they all have voiceover uh as this is happening and i'm just watching this flavor baller they were just like they have no idea these dogs have no idea what's going on they have no context that they're in a movie just sitting in a basket in the sky above in the sand set uh, the sand set it just like I, I, well, Gwyneth I love Paltrow has no idea what's going on. Right. Yeah. She doesn't know. Movie is, movie is there any difference between Gwyneth Paltrow and his space buddy? I say no. Wow, those poor dogs. Yeah, and oh, and a bunch of them got parvo on one of them and died, which oh is God. Horrific. This is in the movie or on set? Yeah, that, was a, that was a plot point. <laughs> that was sick buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Outbreak buddies. I don't know. I got more. Um, wow. Do you have a favorite? What's you don't have a horror franchise? Uh, I mean, I agree. I love the fr- uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street. I think those are the most fun yeah. ones. I would also say, yeah, looking back to Alien, the worst Alien movie is better than most movies. Mm. Okay, which would you say is the worst Alien movie? Alien Three. 
Okay. You think that's the worst one? Interesting. Out of the, not with Alien, it's just the most, it's the most of a slog. And like Ripley is not in it for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But in Resurrection, she's like the the clone of Ripley with like alien DNA and she's like funny in it. And she Mm -hmm. doesn't have like, she doesn't have the burden of Alien 3 and all that. Like she's just like a funny, (laughs) witty, like badass. And then there's that amazing scene where she goes in and sees all her clones and there's that one really like fucked up one that's like all like mutated and just going like, kill me, kill me. (laughs) And then she kills it by using a blowtorch on it which is like the most painful way but they did, to put and, someone and, out of their misery and, and the second one wasn't there a lot of blowtorching going on in that one but if you're trying to kill someone out of mercy mm. which you're trying to mercy kill setting, them on, away, setting them <laughs> I mean, on fire that's the only tool like, you have <laughs> that's true um i don't think it was but right. it's the most visually pleasing one there I you guess. go yeah yeah, it's like your your uh, your dying paralyzed wife in the hospital. Instead of putting a pillow over her face, you like bash her with a claw hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! Put a bunch Bring of nickels. The and a- <laughs> <laughs> this is what she wanted. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's. Get into- <laughs> now that we've steamrolled our wives, all right, we've kind of already said. I think we know why Nick. We asked you like a movie you're passionate about. I think we understand yes. why you chose Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes, I mean, I. I- yeah, I, I, I was overthinking at first because you guys are like, like, let's a movie you, you're passionate about, a movie you want to discuss. And I was just like, oh, man, I feel like I was like, should I talk about something from my childhood or like some like animated movie that meant a lot to me or like some like, like really smart documentary. And then I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I honestly think even though it came out last year, right? Or two yeah, years ago, last, last year. year, I think Mission Impossible Fallout is my favorite movie. Wow. Okay. I think it's like wow. the, I think, I think it's number one on my list. Okay. And I, I, recency bias possibly, I don't know, but I just like, I had, I have so much fun watching that movie. And it's just like, I, like every scene and sequence delivers. I don't feel like it ever drags. Um, I love action films. I love that it's just like so much work went into it. Like <laughs> yeah. just such a, like a precisely crafted and constructed and edited film. And, um, and I love Tom Cruise. I know he's <laughs> something sure. of a problematic figure. I guess because of his ties to the church of scientology but i do i do just think he's fucking awesome he's just such a great actor he's one of our last movie stars he is yeah he really is um I was, uh, by the way, but the, that does make me think I was, yes. uh, we had Moneyball was just on TV last night and we were just watching it. Uh-huh. Uh, me and my wife and like, I was just like every time uh, Brad Pitt was on was on screen. I've seen this movie a bunch, but I would just like put my phone down just so I could look at Brad Pitt. I was like, oh my! There's the movie stars are just like you just want to look at them. Yeah, there's, there's something some, about that. that yeah. It factor isn't that what they call it? The it factor. It is one I of the things they say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Legend. <clears throat> he is one of those. Uh, he's a looker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's very handsome, but it's more than that too. There's just something about the like charisma. Looking at you is just pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen Fallout? Uh, I've seen, so I saw it in theater. I've seen it five times, I believe. Wow. Um, and I saw, cause I don't go to theaters very often anymore. And uh, I've seen, I think, three movies in theater this year. Wow. And I, but I, but I saw Mission Impossible Fallout in theaters four times. Wow. Because okay. I just like, I, I Movie just wanted to still happening. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of free time. <laughs> I just wanted to go back. I was like, I got to see it again. And I saw it on the, uh, like I saw, I saw it in the, whatever the big IMAX presentation sure. was. Mm-hmm. I saw it in 40X. Oh, which is, uh, which your is, chair is, shakes. Yeah. Have you, have you guys seen a movie in 40X? I haven't. I, I want to. I think I saw to. the previous Mission Impossible with John Gabris in that situation. Okay. Yeah. It's fun because my, my buddy, uh, my buddy Jordan Warren saw uh saw like one of the worst x-men whatever that one is like x-men apocalypse or something sure. in 40x and he came out and he's like that movie's awesome <laughs> just because it's like it's a ride your chair is shaking mm-hmm. and they're blowing steam at you like you get like water spritzed in your face it's like insane. you smell like oscar isaac afterwards yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to see the meg in 40 if the meg oh, seemed like the ultimate oh, yeah, 40x movie to me anything that could be like a theme park attraction right mm-hmm. uh but yeah i so i saw I saw Mission Impossible in 4DX, a, a blast, and then I, I saw it, I think, one more time in theaters, and um, just, a, just a conventional presentation, just to see it again, because it is just such a feat of movie making. Yes. Yeah. It's really impressive. Um, let, I should quickly say, uh, came out 2018, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. It stars, I mean, uh, Tom Cruise, Vang Rame, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Sean Harris, Michelle Monaghan, and Alec Baldwin, and it, oh, Henry Cavill, Vanessa Kirby, and Hell Angela yeah. Bassett. Mm-hmm. And I guess if I had to sum up the plot, which is kind of impossible, it's just Ethan Hunt and his <laughs> team have to intercept a gang of the apostles who are like from, uh, they're the former, they were led by this guy, I forget his name. What's his name? Solomon Lane? Solomon Lane. Yes. He's been <laughs> captured, so his group is now called 
calling themselves the apostles. They're like former, like, secret agents essentially who have now gone rogue and there's also this other guy john lark who's like an anarchist essentially and there he's trying to prevent them from like getting together nuclear weapons that's and, like the imf's deal yeah. i guess and yeah. they don't know who john lark is for like yes. basically the first act of the movie pretty early on you get uh tipped off that it's henry cavill who's working inside <laughs> of the cia <laughs> right um who's awesome in this movie he's yeah, great I mean, he's, he's so, so good. fucking good i didn't really like henry cavill until i saw mission possible fallout me neither i have to say i agree yeah you and had never seen this before i had not seen this movie yesterday. i watched it yesterday Today for the first time and what did um, you think i thought it was great i got i got confused at some points with the plot but then i also sort of thought i don't care yes because everything that they're doing is they're doing so well that it's right. sort of like uh, who cares who's on whose side like they're gonna switch in 10 minutes anyway it's like complaining about the book and cats when those songs are so wonderful <laughs> exactly <laughs> when they're dancing in those leotards who cares, who cares about what they're talking about yeah it doesn't matter. but i think there's a lot of similarities between like a musical and action films that they yeah, are absolutely. like cinema in its purest form yeah you're there sh- are things you cannot replicate in any other medium right yeah and, and, and it's just really is what strings together the set pieces enough to keep my interest and not make me tune out and I think that's definitely the case here and then there's not a lot of downtime there's not a lot of like long seek I feel like a lot of action movies even ones you like are just like okay I'm watching these two people just this have a conversation here's the Get information, yeah. Exactly. The exposition is coming out. The Clancy slideshow, they they call it, where you're just like, you're in a boardroom and you're watching just like a, <laughs> sure. a bunch of, you're looking at a General bunch of submarine loops, blueprints. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's yeah. it, though. I do find this one's opening, when he gets his mission from, you know, the from the IMF and the secret recording, that hologram. Yes. Yeah. That sequence is like so exciting to me for some, like there's right. the cool like music undertone and just delivering this like glop of information, ex- pure exposition, but somehow it's still, in- I find it very exciting exciting that sequence. Right. Another thing that I thought was interesting too cuz they had that whole thing and then they had like the the scene where they're like pretending to do good cop bad cop with that guy and then it's like oh, oh he yeah. wasn't actually and after that is when the opening credits happen. I love a right. prologue. And no one like, does like prologues anymore. 17 minutes before the opening credits. It's it was fucking insane. awesome. Yeah. It's so long and then you you forget that they haven't shown the credits yet and they show them you're like this I'm so in. So many movies don't show opening credit. Like yeah. I love that's why James Bond movies are great I think cuz they you get the fun prologue mm-hmm. and then you go straight into an awesome title sequence and like, with a song get like a nice these, overture exactly oh seal singing it this time okay <laughs> um yeah it is it is like the overture especially in the mission impossible franchise because they show a uh, they show clips from what's going to happen in the movie it's very mm-hmm. like old tv serial sort of way yeah. of presenting things and so mm-hmm. like you see you'll see se- sequences from the helicopter chase in like brief blips right and then you see that I in the third that. act it's it's awesome uh but yeah that also brings me to uh you mentioned christopher mccory and uh you talked about the the exposition which is also a thing a cool element in the previous entry mission impossible rogue nation which was my favorite mission impossible prior to fallout uh and uh and so so this is also the first fr- the first entry that has like a consistent narrative thread There's from a, yes from what it's not just just the so same Solomon director. Lane's the villain in uh, exactly. Rogue Nation. Solomon Lane is is the villain in two uh, entries back to back. So uh, so yeah, the apostles are a thing that is uh, introduced. I think maybe at a different name. I think they are called the Rogue Nation in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I think they are that because the, the aren't they all like former IMF agents? That's exactly, because yeah. they take over the record. And that when he's listening in Rogue, or is that Ghost Protocol? No, like, that is that is Rogue, Rogue Nation. Yeah, right? they take over the the jazz record, and that's the misdirection. Um, uh, where he's like, you know, the gas goes in the room. He thinks he's getting an IMF briefing, but it's it's like the. Uh, I love that nation. hospital scene, the CNN scene where they're tricking because that is essentially <laughs> that is like pure. That is what mission. That is what I want in a Mission Impossible. Oh, I love where it. they fool someone into believing the reality is one thing. Did it get you? Because it got me on ref- the first viewing. It did get me, I think, about three quarters of the way. Yeah. I was, I was, first it got me, but then I was like, they're having Wolf Blitzer behave in the most insane way. Like, <laughs> this makes zero sense. And he's like, I've just been handed this manifesto that I have to, I was like, yeah. what? I was like, and I wasn't sure if it was like, the, and also like before they that. that to Anderson Cooper if sure. there's a manifesto. Mm. Well, it's like before that too, I was also thinking like when Wolf Blitzer showed up, I was like, I, is there a newscaster today who will not play themselves in a movie? I think they're, <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. I don't think there is, and I think I think we all suffer for it. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, Wolf is a go-to, and I honestly think, like, I agree. There, there could have been a more believable per, uh, 
newsreader they could have gotten, but it's kind of awesome. It's yeah, wolf. it was also like fun. And yeah. I was like, when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, of course. I also love in any of these Mission Impossible, like whenever they trick some, there's always, I mean, talk about loving a reveal. Like they're like they love there's some there's a moment of like bitchiness and where it's like, we got you. Oh, yes, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like as opposed to wouldn't it be more effective maybe to let them believe this thing is right, like, right. okay, going. There's a more but it's form like, all right, we got it. And then the walls lift up dramatically. I like, love it. I mean it's such a fun sequence. I love it. And then they love they love taking off those fake faces. Yes. This one has almost the least amount of faces, I feel. Yeah, I, I think... Is there one movie that has no faces? No, they all have a mask gag. Um, and they didn't start doing the voice changing until the second entry. The first one, it was just... Or wait, no, I don't think they did it in the fr- in the first one. The second one was when they they introduced the thing where you could basically just take on someone's entire essence, um, face-off style. But... Uh, yeah, I, I think Christopher McQuarrie, because I listened to like a, there's like a seven hour the podcast. Empire one. The I Empire podcast. That, yeah. It's awesome. And he, and I think he talks about just like using that like minimally. Like he doesn't want to mm, overuse it's, it. Because it's such a cheat. You could, exactly. If you start using it, it's like, you know. Anything, anyone could be anyone at any time. It's yes. like drinking a Red Bull. Once you start, if you start <laughs> relying on that crutch, they're going to be you're using screwed. it all the Then like regular coffee's not going to cut it. Mm-mm. Um, I think that, uh, there's also the great whole entire action sequence where, uh, in Paris, yes. where they have to steal Solomon Lane. It's like a 20, 30 minute, like pure action sequence where like they have to like get him from like this convoy and like almost a dark knight esque style convoy and they rescue him from that. And then there's like a motorcycle chase and then it just goes on and on and on. It's just like pure cinema. It's, it's like great. there's no, I was watching this movie with subtitles on. Just because like, it helps me for the plot sometimes, <laughs> right? But sure. you notice there's such long stretches where there's, there's no dialogue. I do the same. I this is a, a, a tangent, but I do the same thing with action movies because the audio mix is like I don't want to be an asshole to my neighbors, and so <laughs> sure. if, if you listen, if you make the dialogue audible, the explosions and music cues are so fucking deafening. <laughs> yeah, I just right. like have it at a reasonable volume, and then the dialogue's kind of muttered, and I have it on subtitles. Oh, good tip. Yeah, I think it must be so fun to be to for them to just sit around and figure out like what haven't we done? All right, what if it's two helicopters? Uh, you know, what if it's uh, what yeah. a, a motorcycle on top of a van? Like they just, right. they just constantly reinventing don't themselves. Don't you think for the next, like they're, they got to go to space in this next one, right? They're going to space. I, I, I don't <laughs> know how they're going to top the stunts they have in this one because they're so like they cover so much of the globe and they're so over the top that yeah, yeah. I, maybe they are going to space. Maybe they are. I think they have to. I actually am looking forward to when Fast and the Furious has to go into space. <laughs> I mean, but that's because they're going to diff- have to drive through a black hole at some point if they keep making these movies. <laughs> time travel and fast. <laughs> we got to do a time heist. We got to go steal the formula for. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one thing I love about these Mission Impossible, as opposed to the Fast and Furious and the Marvels, that so much is shot on lo- actual locations. Yes, not a yeah. lot of visible green screen, not a lot of like fake environments. Like I'm sure there is extensive CGI use. Like, they add cars to like the motorcycle chases mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but like the real location just sells it. Like, there's something the brain recognizes reality. Uh, I think Ma- so too. Yeah, I think Macquarie, and this is again from the Empire podcast, which is if anyone is a Mission Impossible fan and hasn't listened to it, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, but I th- he talks about that the he basically wanted to operate from w- an outline. He kind of just had like a like a treatment for the movie and then they scouted locations and then he wrote the script, the set pieces to those locations. Oh, okay. So they they kind of like they discovered, you know, that that crazy I, I don't know what exactly it is with the how what we describe the geographical formation, but the, the the place where they fight the cliff at the the climactic battle, right, right, like yeah. they found that in like Norway or wherever it was, mm-hmm. and then they 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 justified you know the the uh, the Pakistan uh, you know um uh the Kashmir region like they yeah, justified yeah. that mm-hmm. like retroactively for the story they like they figured all that stuff out because these are just places they wanted to film in and and that it is really cool it adds a lot that they're we're not there it's not just actors looking. They've gotten. They've been told what their eyeline is, and they're trying to sell yeah, it as yeah, much yeah. as possible as they're looking into space. And some gr- soundstage in Atlanta that's yes, like yeah, supposed right. to be <laughs> the Planet Titan. Yeah, and, and it's okay. definitely a gorgeous movie. Like, it looks great. The location. It's like porn for location scouts like it is so gorgeous <laughs> so much of it is just so beautiful i was yeah. upset that i was watching it on my tv and not on a movie screen i yeah. know porn for location scouts were my swedish wall calendar <laughs> <laughs> can be both can, can be, be both, both. 
But I mean, every place, every like news setting was just like breathtaking and yes. gorgeous. This is also like the most Michael Mann esque of mm. these movies. I feel like tonally, and because it, it feels like I just watched Heat the last. Mm-hmm. Once you watch Heat, you're like, oh, this is every action movie. <laughs> like this is all of Christopher Nolan's entire career in a lot of ways. Right, goes back to and this one feels the most like Heat to me. If, if rewatch Heat, if you haven't seen Heat in a while, rewatch right. it. It holds up because yeah. okay. this is has that. That kind of the, the mm-hmm. ticking clock element. I don't know what else to call it. Well, we all love Mission Impossible, but <laughs> I don't know if we told you this. We have a very elaborate and Byzantine scoring system. Oh, boy. Because we are rating movies to see how gay they are. Because okay. we are looking for the gayest movie ever made. Mm, gotcha. Let me recap where we stand right now. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just going to do the top five. All right. Okay. Our top, f- and this is because each week the number of points you can get increases so we have to go by a percentage of total possible points okay all right this doesn't make any <laughs> it's very sense. dense no i love it <laughs> so number five with 22.71 percent possible points is the third man number four with 36.67 the kids are all right number three with 45 percent the muppets take manhattan number two with 58.94 percent a surprise hoosiers number one gayest movie of all time as of right now is the muppets take manhattan wow so we will we're gonna Wait, what did you say was number three uh, kids are all right. Oh, kids are all right. Or it's number three. I don't know. We'll worry about it later. Wait, you Wait, get two Muppets you read in there? No, no, no. One we only Muppet. got one Muppet. You said the Muppet thing twice. I, think I you said Muppets nine... Take Manhattan. Yeah, I don't know which one's nine to five. Nine to five is two. Yeah, fifty-eight you... ninety-four. Okay. Oh, did I get something wrong? I think you were looking at a different column. Uh, look, it's hard. It's, it's an Excel <laughs> sheet. I don't know. I got yeah. bad eyes. It's also it's uh, hard to keep the Muppets movies straight. They're kind, it's kind of like the excuse the, me. It's kind of like the Buddies <laughs> franchise. You got to absolutely respectfully not. disagree. They went to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> they took Manhattan. There was a, they're following the a bird. Buddies never took Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Our first category, homoeroticism. Mm. So, on a scale, so on a scale of one, one to one to a hundred, how what would you score Mission Impossible or homoeroticism? Well, Henry Cavill's slacks in that uh bathroom fight. It, and Pretty honestly, homo- Cavill, a lot of low angles looking Henry up. Cavill's mustache. Yes. Yes. I, I tried to pull that off. Like I well, like after I saw that movie, like the second time I saw it, I was like, I think I could do that. And I had a fuller beard at the time, so I tried to just shave the, the <laughs> sides to have yeah. a little bit of stubble mm-hmm. and, and keep the mustache. Sure. It did not work on me. <laughs> that you, was I just think, for me in the bathroom. I think you have that upper lip or you don't. Because I think like yeah. not a lot of guys have that much. He, I was like, he's the Tom Selleck of 2019. Yes, he looks great in that mustache. And, and also, too, it's because, you know, there was that whole thing where, and I, I'm sorry, I'm derailing the score. Please, no, 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 please. That's <laughs> what it's here for. Then it, 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 this, is, this is, you know, not just my observation, but... <laughs> At the same time, contemporaneously, they were shooting this, the, 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 like the Superman, yeah, the Superman League. movie, Justice League. Yes. And he, they had to, the, you know, fucking CGI, CGI his mustache out, but he needed the mustache for this movie. It's like, he's oh, yeah. not as good of a villain without the mustache. It Absolutely. helps so much. And also, fuck you, Justice League. Get your movie together. It's not our fault that right. you screwed yeah. up. <laughs> exactly. Why do we have Don't to... deny us that mustache. Yeah. Why Justice do we have League. To Another reason to not like that movie. That whole bathroom fight, <laughs> I think, is, you know, like kind of, uh, uh you know, d- d- dude just like brawling in a men's room. Um, and sure. I, and also too, like there is like there's a weird gay joke they make a in gay there. Joke in there. Like, was it that? Of all people. Yes, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was that the or nerve. if they, the joke was they wanted to do cocaine with them. Because oh, if I, I saw that many guys' legs not moving so much, I would think they're doing cocaine. Oh, I thought they were making uh, like a like, like a gay you're joke. In the, I mean, yeah. is it really either. an either or situation? It's not either or. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, but it does not have to be. Does yes. one kind of go hand in hand? Ah, I don't know if that's Dick true. In hand. Um, you never done a rail off a cock. <laughs> I haven't. I swear. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I, like it's, it's, you know, and and this movie's pretty stacked with hunks. Like Tom Cruise, a classic hunk, and Henry yeah. Cavill, super duper hunky in this one. Uh, the uh, the the fake John Lark, pretty hunky. The the guy they have the the martial arts fight with <laughs> oh, in the yeah. bathroom. Also, oh, uh, yeah. the White Widow's brother, White Widow's brother, yeah, Zuko. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> his name. He's kind of hunky. Yeah. Uh, so what would you give this on a score of one to a hundred? Me? Yeah. Um, cause then we take the average. Okay. I'm, I, I will say I'm going to give it a 68. Wow. Is that okay? Yeah, of, of course. course. <laughs> this is your, per- cause we're going to chime in as well. Okay. And then, then well. we take the average. Great. Um, yeah, for me, it's all about Henry Cavill with this one. I think like Tom Cruise is one of those guys, like he's definitely like attractive. I can't deny that. He's never really done it for me. I also think, oh, this isn't too controversial. I think he looks a lot like, uh, Tignataro in this movie. 
Mm. He's had some sort of work done. You said yeah. yeah, he's had some fillers, some plastic surgery. But it's good work. Yeah. Very good work. Who's ever done his neck, his neck, like his like he, he has no like saggy double chin. Yes. So whoever's done that, a genius. Give them the great, Nobel yeah. Prize. <laughs> <laughs> Not paid enough. Uh yeah, for me it's all about Henry Cavill. Um I will give it I'll say seventy five. Seventy five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was worried um, I went too high. <laughs> I think I would need to see actual butt maybe for some. Mm. Um, I will admit one thing I did yesterday. Mm. Uh, sorry. When they're fighting on the mountaintop, there's a thing where like they both slide off. But there's like one second where like Henry Cavill's like sliding off the cliff. I'm trying to like do this on his back and like his shirt rides up just a little bit. Yeah. I pause just to just to check. <laughs> did you catch it? I didn't. Ch- I mean, I just saw like that part in those uh, power alleys, but it was power what? alleys. Yeah. You know, when those, those <laughs> right. were like really cut. Yeah. Yeah. Those V's on the sides. Yeah. Wow. It'd be power. Great if, it'd be great if there was like two frames where his like full hog will flop down. <laughs> <his pants. laughs> it was hard. During yeah. the with Tom Cruise. He was wrestling with Tom Cruise on top of a mountain. You'd be hard. Uh, I'm going to give it 65. Okay, why 65? I don't know. It's pretty homework. It could be more, I think. Sure, sure. If we're going to put it in the upper echelon, I need to have like some shirtlessness or something. I don't know. Um, He's also, Tom Cruise is not shirtless in this movie. Um, That's correct. He does not. I also have a theory as to why he does all his own stunts because he's a Scientologist and he's like the upper levels. Mm. So who could be better than him to do these stunts? Because he is the ultimate personification of man in Scientology. So why would he defer to someone else to do something that he could do? That makes total sense. I I will also say I worked with a a person who was the line producer on um, Mission Impossible uh rogue nation the the fifth entry uh, and uh-huh. loved tom cruise uh, she mm-hmm. said that he was like the hardest working person in any field she's ever worked with and not only does he do his own stunts he does his own inserts which is if you're if you're not someone who uh, uh, uh knows what that is that, that's like a hand grabbing for a coffee cup oh. or just mm-hmm. like a foot stepping on a gas pedal like it's just like most of the time that's just like you'll they'll do a stand-in or something like that right. they'll shoot that with a second unit but tom is like that's acting i want to be the guy turning the doorknob so like every time wow, you see like wow. a limb and his face isn't in frame that's still tom cruise which is to me that's awesome yeah that's why the hand for the door is always coming out from really low behind yeah. <laughs> reaching up. uh all right oh one of the is ethan hunt a good actor because in that opening mm. scene with cnn like let me have a if i just need one moment with him I'm like i don't know if i buy this yeah but is tom oh. cruise is a better actor than ethan hunt that's true but that's like a layer to his performance maybe that's true right yeah that's just the thought I he's, had. he's a good actor for an imf agent he's the yeah. when they have their talent show yeah. at the end of, <laughs> end of every year also alec baldwin getting a few licks in on henry cavill I was like that they were giving him an olive branch yes. they're like yeah. right well also you could tell i feel like alec baldwin's one of those guys like obviously he's been bigger and i was like oh he's been on slim fast like he mm. clearly he had that look of like i've just lost a lot of weight recently because i knew i was going to be in this I movie took a bunch of tapeworms yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently there's one line of his dialogue that's 80 yard and he and alec baldwin was only available remotely so we recorded on his phone oh and wow. it's in the final cut wow yeah. do you phone. know what the line is i don't know what the line is but i guess if you watch the director's commentary and mccory will point it out Oh, wow. I got the director's commentary. Mm -hmm. All right. Next category. Actual gay characters. Zero Mm. to a hundred. I don't think there are any actual gay characters. I don't think anyone's sexuality is specified. Well, White Widow is horny for everybody. She's horny for everybody. She's She's also Max's daughter from the first one. That's right. Yeah. That's like a fan theory. Mm -hmm. That's real. Well, she says she she mentions Max in like one one line of dialogue. So there is a connection there. And that's a red grave. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm familiar. Uh, I mean, they're in Paris, so we could assume there are people there, but not actual characters of the movie. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, there's there's the there's the simmering sexual tension between Rebecca Ferguson and Tom Cruise, and yes. that's basically the only sort of romantic element that goes on in the movie, besides Vanessa Kirby's The White Widow's Unrelenting Horniness. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is like a zero, right? Yeah, I think I have to I give this one a fair. zero. Sorry. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us. <laughs> uh, all right. Our next category, Camp Factor. Mm. Zero to 100. How campy is Mission Impossible Fallout? Mm, I don't know if I'm the best uh, the best judge of this because like I'm wearing like, a Minions t-shirt. That's true, <laughs> but, that, but I just love Minions. Uh, I legit love the Minions. I legit love Mission Impossible. Like I guess it is kind of campy. Reloading his arms. Yeah, that's that's campy. 
I don't know. I guess I, I just I just love it unironically. I think it's sure, awesome. Yeah. Sure. But I it does have some elements. I'm just gonna say right down the middle, I'm gonna give it a fifty, which 50. is maybe a compound. Fifty. Yeah. 50. That's that pretty too, big. Is that big? <laughs> um is that's that campy movie? That's uh three times as campy as What About Bob? <laughs> wow, okay. I misunderstood the scoring, <laughs> no, the scoring no, no, system. No. Half as campy as nine to five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You could abs. This is your score. You can do it. You could keep it. You can keep it at fifty. Keep it at fifty. Keep it at fifty. John, what do you? How uh, campy was it when you see, were watching me, it yesterday camp, from your couch? I know. I know. We're we're really debating what camp means. I think these if you days. saw in forty x, it would be campy. Maybe yeah. sure. Any, the, if you see in forty x, it's automatically that's like twenty five right. right there. Well, also like like ramming a helicopter with another helicopter. Excuse like, me. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, to me, camp feels like you're like over, like emphasizing something like out of proportion of like how, like, you know what mm-hmm. it, does that make sense? Yes. Like, it's like, you're really obsessed about this certain thing where it's like, what are you Playing talking something about? Something low stakes, high yeah, stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't call this a campy movie. There's okay, definitely some no. things that I would say are like ridiculous, but I wouldn't say that they're, you know what I mean? Like, I gotcha. Like, like if the White Widow sang during her, like when we first see her, when we right. go in, in the nightclub, when we first see her, like that having we, that intimate lounge. It seems like, like at one point it did seem like the set from Dick Tracy to me at some point. It seemed yes. like she was doing Breathless Mahoney. If <laughs> yeah. she had done a number, then yes, I would give it she more. She had done a number while killing people with a switchblade. Mm-hmm. Now that's camp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give it maybe a 10. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it a, a, a 7. <laughs> so that gives an average of 22.33. Uh, still higher, campier than the third man. Yeah, I think that's probably sure. fair, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, our next category. We got a lot of categories. Don't you worry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, makeover more montage. More categories, more math, please. <laughs> this is right up my alley. Uh, well, makeover montage. Makeover zero montage. Zero to 100. Are there, there's not a lot of montage in this I one. I don't think so. There's just action sequences. Yeah, I mean, the, the closest thing I can think of is when they have that... They kind of have that dream sequence where he's he's thinking about how the the <laughs> sure. heist could go, where right, he has to right, murder right. a bunch of cops. That's really well done. How it there's is really no, well done. There's no sound effects. It's just yeah. a musical score. Yeah, that's rad. That. Uh, but yeah, there there really isn't a makeover montage uh, unless you consider so. putting like like taking the Those mask masks. off being like a makeover thing. But yeah. is there a montage there? No, Not really no. montage. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give this a two. A two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess just for the reveal of the the, the mask. hospital room gets a montage. Yeah, like, gets it's a, a montage. Gets a makeover. Makeover. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to give it a zero. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a zero too. Ouch. All right, now <laughs> our next series of categories are ones that our guests have come up with. So you, at the end of this, will be coming up with your own scoring category that wow. from here on out will comes canon. canon. Oh we my didn't do God. that right. But we right. didn't do that right. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so our first category is created by Jenny Pearson: Over the Top Wardrobe. On I mean, one to one hundred. Is there any? Everyone's very. Uh, they're sort of like uh, uh, neutral tones. Yeah, they're sort of like uh, on point. It's all Patagonia or like yeah. J Crew. There wasn't even anything that crazy at that that rave that they were at. Right. That was that was a little understated. Everyone's so stuffy at that rave. Like it's people in like blazers at this like rave. Yeah, yeah. but in I the mean, cleanest bathroom. <laughs> an insanely pristine bathroom for a ray. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know did the the high altitude uh, a parachute jump. The they got some cool suits. suits. Yeah, those suits are cool. Um, but yeah, it is. It's not like it, what? Sorry, over the top wardrobe. What was over yeah. the top wardrobe? Over the top wardrobe. I think it's probably pretty unover the top. I'm gonna say forty. You are a generous score. <laughs> John, uh, how Mission Impossible followed for? Well, there's a uh, Solomon Lane's in a straight jacket. That's, that's true. Pretty over the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we define that term differently. Uh, I'll give. I have to give it like a five. I don't think there's really much costume wise to walk away yeah, from with this. Um, yeah, I think a five is fair. I'm going to give it a five as well. Um, all right, next category from Tony Charlene. Does it hold up? Whew, it's been a year. It's been a year. Does Mission <laughs> Impossible Fallout hold up to today's standards? Yes, it does. <laughs> this is not a movie that's firmly ensconced in the year 2018. In 2019, it still plays. <laughs> yeah. They do have to, like, 
thread a line like politically of like because in a lot of ways i was like agreeing with these anarchists i was like oh they're totally the system is corrupt we should (laughs) bring this system down like these governments are terrible so they have to uh, they have what they have to do is they have to make the their plan so nefarious where they're killing millions of civilians yes like like that has to be the the only way they can do it but then also there are out there are things where they're like you know, Angela Bassett's character is like, uh, is like, I just spoke with the president, and the president is signed off, and just like, wait, who is the president in this world? <laughs> yeah. that, just think about Trump getting briefed on an IMF thing. Um, who did what? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we lost some guys out there. It was, you know, <laughs> yeah, big deal. It was an IMF mission. They knew what they were getting into. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a. Uh, I'm giving it the numerical score. Yeah, does mm-hmm. it hold up? One hundred. One hundred. Yeah, I'll give it a, a 98 only because we haven't had that much time <laughs> away from it. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a 100. I love this movie. It's like my fourth time watching it. Uh, it's great. Yeah. It'll- yeah. All right, our next category from Drew Fude Singh, drag queen inspiration. Anything in this movie that would inspire drag queens? Uh, really just Vanessa Kirby, maybe, I guess. Yeah, Angela but Bassett. Rebecca mm. Ferguson has some cool, you know, action-y get-ups, but, but nothing like really. Blaze. She's like they're business. They're pretty plain. Yeah. Business yeah, I casual. think this one sort of goes with the whole, like, over-the-top wardrobe. And, like, there's nothing that I think someone could do that I'd be like, that's Mission Impossible Fallout. Right. Where, like, I would know, like, that specifically what the quote unless is. she did something unless you dressed up as the helicopter yeah with like the cargo is like your purse sure but it, <laughs> maybe yeah sexy michelle monaghan's <laughs> doctor character yeah working for doctors without borders doctors without borders <laughs> yeah well uh, uh, alec uh, the uh, uh wrote this down um, on wrote down doctors without borders drag question mark on a piece of paper before I said it and handed it over. That's amazing. I will say that the <laughs> that's your manifesto. I'm Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> I'm just receiving this. Um, I think it's a. I would say this is a twelve. Well, I always think a creative drag queen can find inspiration in anything. Will it be good? No, this isn't the category is not good drag queen inspiration. The category is just drag queen inspiration. So I think uh, you could dress up as a helicopter and then maybe you have a friend out there as the but other. But is there helicopter. something that you could be like, though that's definitively Mission Impossible? No, no. I, helicopter. I if any of the wardrobe is recognizable in a vacuum. No. Yeah. Not yeah, at all. I don't it's think like, so either. It's the only like thing I could think I was like is if you somehow did a reveal where you rip off a face. Oh, oh that, that would be the awesome. only thing that I think uh, That'd be great. I could That'd see be drag oddly would do that, I bet. I'm sure she would. Uh, I'll give it a 10. <laughs> just for that. Uh, I'm going to give it a 15. I think there's maybe something. Yeah. <laughs> You're ready to dig around for some more. All right. Now, here's a category. I think, boy, is there, this is a category for this movie or what? <laughs> caper music. Oh, my God. Mark Sam Rosenthal came up. I mean, uh, does Mission Possible have caper music yeah, or what? Yeah, it's got that theme. Yeah. It's a hundred. It's yeah. got the theme. And then also, too, they are pulling capers. I mean, call them, they're yeah. not, they're not stealing jewels, but they are like, like, you know, stealing documents or, mm-hmm. or, you know, plutonium. Exactly. Yeah. There, there are, there are heist elements throughout. And it's I think the score, the score is fucking awesome. Um, I am going to give this a 95. 95. Okay. You're giving it a hundred. I'm going to say a hundred. I wow. think it's a classic, uh, theme song. It's used great. I love it. And it's, it is exciting. It's very, uh, Lorne Balfi. Yes. Did the score. Don't know who that is. Never um, heard of him. This was his. I, I think this is the first Mission Impossible movie he scored, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's very uh, Hans Zimmer esque. Right. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. You know, I give it a 95. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Also, maybe that theme could be drag queen inspiration. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why does the inspiration have to be visual? Yeah. It could be audio. <laughs> um, wow. Currently, Mission Impossible Fallout is the highest, has the most highest score in caper music out of any wow. movie. Wow. Even the one that inspired the category. <laughs> what was the one that inspired Nine the five. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Oh, here's another good one for okay. Mission Impossible. Teamwork by Lenham Haram. Oh my God! Is there teamwork? There's great teamwork. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole theme of the, the 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 big third act set piece is the team working in unison and all trusting each other because they can't yes. communicate by via radio anymore. Uh, this is a hundred, a hundred, and teamwork. 
I'm going to have to go a little lower because there's so many like, haha, you thought I was a member of the team, but mm, you're wrong. That happens true. a whole lot. That's so I'm going to give it. You're saying it's like almost like saying maybe you shouldn't trust everyone on your team. It's an anti-team. I, I feel work. like there is an element of Mission Impossible where you always have to watch your back. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're a spy, right? Yeah. Like you can never. Tr- you're you know in a world I mean? like, of mass. You think Angela Bassett, you were friends, but then you're not. But then you are. But then who knows? I and mean, then what face are you wearing? Is right. that you? Or are you someone else? This is a drag show backstage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you really want me to give this a higher score for drag queen inspiration. Is Angela Bassett mad at you? What face happen. am I going to wear? <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, <laughs> it's the exact same Which thing. Which helicopter am I? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a 60. 60? Yep. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it an 80 on teamwork. There we go. All right. Next category. <laughs> likely to recommend to a gay person. Mm. Brian Gallivan submitted that. How likely, if you knew a gay person, Nick? I'm if sure you, you do. If- yes. <laughs> In this hypothetical situation. <laughs> Would you say, hey, you're gay. You need to watch Mission Impossible Fallout. You probably wouldn't say it like that. No, yeah. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> that feels inappropriate. It's 2019. Um, uh, I would recommend this movie to anyone who likes action movies. So I would say, uh, I don't know, I'd give this an 80. How about that? Because like, sure. there are people who just don't like action movies. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, 80 is very noble. Uh, yeah, that seems good to me. Like, I wouldn't be like... Guys, next brunch, we were watching Mission Impossible Fallout. We were talking about it. But I would be like, mm, Henry Cavill. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So what score are you giving? I, I'm going to give it 80 as well. Wow. Uh, I would recommend this movie to everybody. I'm going to give it 100. Okay, wow. wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? Right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. One more category, and then it's your submission. Oh, so boy. our last category submitted by tony rodriguez how much felt is in the movie Ooh, boy i wish i had a better eye for fabric on film uh i don't know if there's a lot of felt i don't think there's any really yeah. there's like straps and velcro but that's not the same that's not thing felt. no felt is like what makes a muppet yeah no there's not much felt i'm i'm gonna say i think this is a i, I there might be some felt somewhere so i'm gonna give this a one yeah you're right I was, saying, I was I, the same way i was gonna give it a two yeah mm-hmm I'm going to give it a zero. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Felt is not highlighted. <laughs> Felt is not. Point. <laughs> All right, Nick, now we're up to you. What category would you like to add? Okay. I, I feel like I've gotten from some of the prior categories that these are fans of these movies who are maybe tipping the scales a little bit. Could uh-huh. be, but it's Could up be. to you. And I am going to play that game. <laughs> okay. By adding the category of facial hair. Facial, like hair. facial hair. Okay, that's a, that's, that's actually a good, a good one, one for yeah. this world. Uh, and f- as far as facial hair is concerned, I mean, it's all Cavill, and Cavill is that's that, I mean, that's some of the best facial hair in any movie I've ever it's seen. It's an iconic mustache. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna give this a hundred. It's such a great mustache that it hurt another movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take that, Magnum PI. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not just Cavill. I mean, Simon Pegg's got his little scruff. That's true. And then what's his name? Sean Harris has his little weird. Sure, a lot right. of mental illness beard. We yeah. got a lot of varieties. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, he does have that big, that big, uh, crazy beard in the previous one. He was clean shaven. And doesn't Wes Bentley have a little something? Oh, he, he looks does. like a wolf man. He yeah. looks or great. like a Dracula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks like he should be in a castle haunting Transylvania to me. Yeah. And then he looked a little <laughs> gaunt. I was worried about Wes Bentley a little, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but I liked his casting here. It's a fun choice. And I mm-hmm. like that they make him not just a dipshit. Like, I like that he's, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. he's like smart a enough to know. Who, yeah, he knows what what's going on with Tom Cruise. I was like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, but yeah, uh, facial hair, uh, all about Cavill. I'm going to give it a 99. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think I said it best myself. It affects it. I got to give it a hundred. Okay. All right. Now we're going on to sheet two of our express sheet. So these are not uh, necessarily like opinion ones. They're more sort of like, is there, isn't there? These are objective. Objective. Yes or no. Yes. Yes. Okay. Straight actors playing gay roles, negative 5% for mm. each instance. Well, there are no gay characters in this. That's his big zero. So it's fine. Does this have a positive portrayal of homosexuality? It has a is non portrayal, so yeah. it's not. So it's, it's not, not there's positive. There's a fifteen percent bonus. Okay, okay, that. but I don't think it. I, don't, I, don't I would say it, it doesn't no, apply. For, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, get qualify you know, for that. We've bonus. done 
eight movies, only two movies have had positive portrayals <laughs> wow. of homosexuality. What were they? The Kids Are All Right and The Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm. And The Muppets Take Manhattan was a bit of a Controversial. <laughs> I said Bert and Ernie. Encountered. Sure. But they're not See, really characters in this movie. They, in that are, movie. Char- they are portrayed positively. All right. Sure. And then our last one. <laughs> is this the movie Cruising? Negative 50%. It is not the movie Cruising. <laughs> the movie Cruising. So it does not lose so 50% of it. All right, let me tabulate our final score. Out of a possible 1,250 points, Mission Impossible Fallout has scored 485, giving it a percentage of 38.80, putting it in fourth place. Hey, all right. right. It's gayer than Hoosiers, but not as gay as the kids are all right. (laughs) That sounds right. Fair enough. That seems fair. (laughs) Yeah. So wait, so what are the top five now? The top five, oh God, Um, (laughs) top five. Uh, it's so hard to read on this screen. Oh, Hoosiers. is number five. Number five. Number four, Mission Impossible Fallout. Number three, The Kids Are All Right. Number two, Nine to Five. Number one, The Muppets Take Manhattan. So Muppets Take Manhattan, stay strong. Who will dethrone the Muppets? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're up there. So how could we make Mission Impossible Fallout gayer? What could we do to make it like even gayer? I think, like, mm, uh, if w- during the bathroom scene, like, clothes were being, like, ripped off as yeah. they were doing it. Yeah. What if in a different stall, there were two guys fucking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just peeked their head out. How great would right. that be in the midst of this huge fight? These two guys who are half naked just are like, oh, my God. It's just, just like, like a story out. going on. We'll just cut, cut <laughs> to the reactions. Or they just start jacking off to the fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One it, of them stays around. If that was also, if that fight was kind of like an Eastern Promises thing, where instead of a, ba- a men's room, it was <laughs> yeah. a sauna, and both those oh, yeah. guys were all natural, just, yeah. like, brawling, we're seeing some some dong hanging. I mean, that really that would really be something <laughs> dong, yeah, this is good hog. more hanging dogs yeah. <laughs> uh that would definitely make a gear i think if vanessa kirby had a torch song yeah she's sure. a number right sure. uh that would do it or if that rave was an actual like gay rave it's pretty straight looking yeah um yeah great well we couldn't that's it. <laughs> That's it. We made a gear. We made a gear. All right. Well, now it's time. We're gonna. We're nearing the end of our show. Don't worry. You're almost out. I'm of having here. a great time. <laughs> this is it's a good a morning podcast. A... You can do this for three more hours. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we're not. We're not even approaching a, a, a third of the runtime of Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> That's so. True. Um, I asked on our Instagram last week for drag queen names based on summer movies. Mm, like, okay. what would you have? Um, so please chime in at any moment. But I'll. I'll go through the some of the responses i got at devin daniel green said midsummer oh okay. i like that that's a good you one mid did you see midsummer i didn't uh, that's how you say mid- it midsummer i've been saying midsummer uh i think you don't have to say it that way <laughs> 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 i mostly heard it said midsummer or midsummer midsummer something heard, like that but yeah midsummer say it that way yesterday and i was like oh that's how you say it do they ever say it they do say it in the movie I think. I guess so. I don't remember. I haven't seen it. Um, and then Mr. Wayne Henry at <laughs> Mr. Wayne Henry said, Megan Funamirez, which I had no idea what he was talking about. What is Megan that reference? And then it's a reference to, he sent me a photo. I asked for a follow up. Like, what is this? <laughs> it was, he sent a photo of Stalker Chaney in Greece. What say the name again? Megan Funamirez. Oh, you making fun of me, Riz? Megan oh. Funami. You making fun of me, Riz? That's a that's a thing that uh yeah, someone oh. says But that's not referencing that's a, is that from a Greece? current yes, summer it's movie. From Greece. I guess the Greece a, came out in summer. I guess so, yeah. yeah. It feels summery, even though it's about a year in high school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it right? ends in the summer. And then at Mad Marchain said Rocket Fran. Rocket Fran's oh, a good that's one. Great. <laughs> Rocket Fran I was a big fan of Rocket. Uh so please uh reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at two old queens. Or uh, you can email us at twoldqueens at gmail.com. Let us know, uh, yeah, what you thought. Do you have any questions, any opinions? Anything. Anything. Any, any, just anything, please. Rate reviews. We have all these accounts, guys. <laughs> Let's use them. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Anything you'd like to promote at this time? A delight. I had a great time. I would love to, I would love to come back some point if you have re- repeat guests. Um, uh, but uh, I will say this. I have, I, I may... 
the, you introduced me as podcasting royalty. I think that's a little over the top, but I will say <laughs> that I do. I am a guy who has two podcasts now. Uh, Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants hosted by me and Mike Mitchell. If you like Byzantine scoring systems, <laughs> uh, we, we have a similar thing in, as far as re- reviewing chain restaurants. Uh, and then also uh, I have a new podcast with uh, Heather Ann Campbell and Matt Apodaca uh, on Earwolf called How Did This Get Played? We review the worst and weirdest video games of all time. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are two places you can hear me talk into a microphone. Have you done those Mission Impossible and those NES ones? Remember those? We have not. Based on the TV show? Yeah, those those oh, wow. games are those games are insane and then also there's a mission impossible n64 game which just sucks it's so bad but it came out during this this uh period where there weren't a lot of n64 games getting released so like a lot of kids bought it uh but yes yeah there's some real there's some real mission impossible garbage it'd be great if there was a good video game in that franchise uh dare to dream (laughs) 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 well that's it for us today uh i've been mark rennie and i'm john flynn Now it's time for credits. Produced by Alex Arche. Music by Danny Cohen. Art by Connie Shin. See you next Wednesday. Bye! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.